Watch it go into setting a goal if you're setting a holistic goal. Let's find out. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hey, Giant Builders. I'm so happy that you're here, and I hope that you are following us on our social medias. So please click those, leave comments, and let us know what you think. Also, if you have anybody or you are somebody that you think would be a good guest for the Giant Builders, let me know. So today's guest is Karen Cleveland. Hi, Karen. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. It's it's sunny outside and it's warm and nice. Things are good. <laughs> yeah. So can, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Oh, sure. I um I'd love to. So I am well I I include a lot of things in what I do. I'm a little bit of a minister, a new thought minister. I'm a little bit animal connection specialist and I also I take people on safaris to help initiate um, kind of a, a transformation because there's you can go on safari and watch animals or you can really use it as a transformation tool, which I've recently began to start to focus on. But I also work one on one with people or usually groups teaching um how to align our goals with our dreams, because I believe it's a holistic approach about making sure we're following our heart's desire and not what someone else wants for us, because that, you know, leads to just dissatisfaction and wanting to change something again. Okay. Well, I am a goal setter, but what do you mean by a holistic approach? Okay. Yeah. Good question. I believe that we need to include spirit, mind, body, um, we need the the body has a bunch of components listening to our emotions and our body and um actually using it as the as the force for movement, right? For doing it. And our mind, of course, you know, takes us down all kinds of wrong roads sometimes. So when we really get to what I, I'm calling spirit, but I actually meant soul. <laughs> um it uh it really helps us get back to what we need for our soul's development, like kind of why we're here. It's not exactly purpose, but it, it's a little bit what we're here to do for ourselves before we start figuring out what we're doing for other people. So aligning the three, the soul, the mind, and the body. Okay, that sounds, I think I understand, but can you give me some like tips on how this works? Sure, sure. So I start with a process. I really, what what don't you like about life? You know, what's going on that's not working? And it might be checking in with your emotions, like when don't you feel good? When are you unhappy? When, you know, what triggers you that you don't feel good? But it might also be a physical sign. So it might be, you know, you feel sick when you go into a certain building, like a work building, or you... um you get headaches at a certain time, you know? So it's looking at both physical and emotional feelings in response to our life to help identify what's not working for us. And and then also recognizing what feels good. 
So when do we feel our best? When are we most energized? What's making us smile or laugh? That kind of things. So looking at our our emotions and then from that coming up with like, well, what's a vision for our life? What do we, what would feel good? How can I move forward in a way that would actually feel better? There's always times we don't feel good. I'm not saying it's it's a perfect path and there's always things that happen, of course, but moving forward in a direction that overall makes us um, feel better, I guess a better starting point, a more meaningful starting point for us than, than like struggling, than feeling bad about where we are in our life. So kind of a, a, a higher, better starting point. And then figuring out why we're not there yet. It's like, what is it that's keeping us from there? Is it some mindset issue that we believe some story someone told us one day that we can't have it or that we're not good enough to do it? Um, you know, so kind of mindset issues is, is how I refer them. So using the mind and, and figuring out what it is that wh why we're not there, because if we didn't have any mindset issues, we'd be where we want to be. Right. So um, figuring that out and then. Uh, coming up, there's different methods to change that story for ourselves. So uh, I had a big story personally that I believed a single woman in Seattle could not buy a home by herself. And I don't know where I got that belief from, but it was a very, very strong belief. I um, Once I divorced my, you know, I, I, I was in a divorce situation and we had, um, what do you call it? Foreclosure and filed bankruptcy. And I just thought, I'm never going to be able to buy a house by myself. And um, once I realized I had that belief, I, I looked around it's like, well, there are other women in Seattle that have bought their own homes. So it's possible. It's not impossible. So why don't I think I can do it? So then looking at those deeper beliefs on why I thought I couldn't do it, you know, I thought I couldn't ever make enough money or have a down payment or have good enough credit, you know, all these things. So working on that, on those beliefs, because sometimes it might look like a fact, like I had bad credit, looks like a fact. Um, however, once I started working on that, it I realized it was an assumption. So I assumed you had to have good credit. And the fact is my credit didn't change between the time I started doing the process and started uh, actually looking for houses. It's just that I had an assumption on what was going to be possible. So, um, you know, look again, looked like it was absolutely true, but it didn't have to be the truth for my story. So then, um, so we start working on that and then making a plan and making a, I call them spiritual practices, but they can be anything from, you know, mindset work, which might be affirmations or gratitude or forgiveness or even meditation, visualizations, all these different practices that help us move us into a different space where we believe in the possibilities for our life. And then, um, and then checking in again. So as we're making progress, whatever our goal is, we've checked in during that process, we've checked in with what's my true desire with, with what, you know, it, back at the very beginning, when we're visually vision, visioning what's possible, it's also checking in with, 
is this something that's truly my desire? Is this something that society tells me I should do? Is this something that my parents want for me? You know, wherever it's coming out, coming in from. So then once we start the process, continually checking in with all our emotions, our body, you know, how am I feeling about this? And do we realign? You know, are we on track? How's it going? So it's not always, you know, quick and easy. There's there's work to be done. But um, but in the end, it's I, I believe it's leads to a far more satisfying and meaningful life than struggling. I mean, I believed life was just happening to me. And finally, at one point, I was like, you know what, I've got to try something because this doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. Okay. Is there a difference between a goal and a true desire? There is. So I would say goals are the pathway to our true desires, actually. Um, it, but it doesn't have to be. So a goal can be anything. I can have a goal to get, you know, a job, which might not be my true desire, but it might help support my true desire. Or it might be just the first step of getting to where I want to go. So I do believe they're different. I do sometimes use them interchangeably, which they're not, they're not really, but um, they can be similar. Yeah. Yeah. So what all, what all needs to be like put together to make a plan succeed? Oh, great question. Yeah. To make it succeed. Uh, number one is commitment. I mean, dedication uh, and belief in yourself. But so once you commit to yourself that it's possible, that you have hope and you believe it's possible and whatever pl the plan is that we come up with. So when I mentioned like these spiritual practices um, and they're not always spiritual. Some of them are literally writing your goals down every day, which might not seem very spiritual, but it's um, it's a method of getting to the end. And it is because I believe anything that lets our heart's desire express itself or lets a little bit of light of possibility and hope in that, that I call it a spiritual practice. So, uh, so to answer your question, um, the dedication, making the plan, and making the plan according to you and the way you work. So what works for me might not work for you, and that's okay. But we'll try these different things because we don't know what works for you if you don't know what works for you yet, right? So we try different things and then figure out what's going to work, at least for the next couple of weeks or month, give it a shot, um, and work the plan. But I, honestly, I think commitment to yourself is the number one priority. That's pretty yeah. important. So you mentioned safaris. Can you expand on that for me? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What I've realized over the last several years, so um, I first went on a safari over five years ago, or I think even longer, but um, thinking I was going to go on this bucket list trip, you know, once in a lifetime, I would come home and you know, show people pictures and then move on to the next thing. What uh, what I didn't realize is that from from the just the point of landing in the plane and getting off the plane, experiencing a very different culture, 
um, and then getting out to the plains with the animals, there was a lot going on in my head. You know, just a lot of questioning about our place on earth and who who gets to do what. Um, so then I started taking so uh, so I went on the safari. It was magical day after day. It just got better. And I talked to the tour guide at the end or the driver guide. And I'm like. More people need to do this. I need to help other people do this. So we talked about it and figured out, you know, what what might happen. So I took a group um, shortly after that. I got a group together to go. And honestly, it was on hold for a few years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I have a big group going this year. But what I do is I, I've realized... Um, And I've been back several times. So I ended up meeting a man and it's a long story. And um, so I actually go to Kenya quite a bit and I go to some of my favorite safari places. But when you're out um, in with the wild animals and they're in their divine natural state, they can stay or go. They don't have to be around you. They're not, you know, captive. They can stay and interact with you or they can leave. And they they look at you and they connect with you. And, you know, I do some, um, now I help the people with me do some like energetic exercises and connection exercises. But when you're connecting with this wild animal, like, like, for example, if you drive around a corner and there's an elephant or giraffe or zebra, and they are just looking you in the eye and you're connected with them for a minute, five minutes, your priorities in life begin to um, settle. So you begin to see, so, and this happens day after day, you know, for a number of days, you begin to see what's not so important in your life because these animals are living in the present always. You know, if they weren't giraffes and, and zebras and, you know, all the antelope would have all these stress-related diseases because there's predators out there and they don't. So they're always living in the present and we, it, they help us when we um, it, intentionally connect with them and their wisdom and their oneness of everything. And I think that's what I come down to is, is the connectedness of everything. It really helps you see what's important. And I think it's a really good starting point, or it doesn't have to be a starting point. It can be a midpoint to any kind of transformation, anything that one you want to change in your life. But I definitely think it's a catalyst for change. Um, it, it changed my life, you know, tremendously. I have a completely different life than I had before I went on safari. So, um, and, and part of it is taking other people to experience this as well. So, uh, but the, the connection out there, you know, and being, being able to know what questions to ask yourself and to contemplate on and to, um, take the time to actually do that instead of coming back home, going back to work. And even if it's a job you like, if you just forget everything that happened 
I don't know anyone that's come home from a safari and hasn't thought it was, you know, a fantastic experience, even if they're not, you know, no matter who they're with and who they're doing it with, there's an opportunity there though. And I think it's a missed opportunity for a lot of people to actually look at what's, what's more for me, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. How do you keep up with your skill? Like what type of, educational processes do you continue with um you know my mom was just asking me the other day how I knew something and I'm like well I, I take classes mom it's like well she, she she has a little bit of dementia she's like but you don't still go to school it's like well no I don't still go to school but I but I do learn I so I I guess I'm a forever student mm. I read I listen to a lot of podcasts yeah yeah you too yeah <laughs> it's amazing the information that's available to us. So it's a, you know, a matter of picking what we want to know about our interest areas and, and pursuing that. But I also spend a lot of time in, um, I call it meditation and prayer, but it's kind of a contemplation. It's kind of an exchange with, you know, what I call my divine team, my le leadership team, about, um, you know, is there anything special, any area I should move toward today? You know, is there anything new to do? But I, there's some groups I follow and, and webinars and such that are very insightful. And I think for me, they help open my mind a little bit more about what's possible out there and what new things are available. So yeah, podcasts have become actually one of my new friends. I did listen to audiobooks for a long time. Um, and now I guess I like the shorter the shorter uh messages, just mm -hmm. as important though and informative. Yeah. Great. So tell me what would be like a first meeting? Do you do groups or one on one? How do you work with that? Um, I was doing one on ones. I'm kind of shifting out of that a little bit because I really like the group dynamic of um, learning from the other people. So if people want to, you know, know what it's like to work with me, it's, I, I usually do a lot of free webinars. I haven't had any for the last couple of months because I'm reorganizing things a little bit. Um, but I think it's important for people to get to know who I am. You know, I know I want to know who the person is before I work with them, right? So, and I just assume the same is true with other people. I want to make sure it's a right fit. I don't necessarily do interviews. I will do a, a phone call, a Zoom, if people want to do that. But it's generally classes or um, a group. Um, I just lost the word, but a group coaching more classes, though. I, I would say it's more of a class. I'm kind of a, a teacher at heart. So um, I really like the group setting and letting people get to know each other and learn from each other as well as from me. Yeah. Well, um, any closing thoughts or something you wish everybody knew? You know, um, I think I wish everyone knew that there is hope, that it can be okay, that things can change and it's not always easy. But there, you know, there's absolutely an opportunity for some kind of change if something's not going well. And 
I think it's, you know, finding the right person that can help you with that. Because, um, I mean, I struggled for quite a while, you know, payday loan to payday loan and, you know, financially and just where I was personally with myself. And so knowing that change is possible just makes me want to tell everyone it's like, it, it's possible. We just got to figure out what works for you. So that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have all of your contact information below. I'm, I don't want to assume, but your free classes probably are listed in one of your websites or as such. Yep. Yep. RevKarenCleveland.com okay. um, is where you can go and find, you know, there's a, a section that says, I don't know if it says gift or free resources. So that's where you can find the free items. And um, then also how to work with me and safaris and that kind of thing. So, Great. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your sharing and um, I'm going to yes. look at your safaris. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Giants Builders. See you next time. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.